My name is Leah. I finished a documentary called I Bleed, where I went on a journey to break the taboo and the negative cycle around periods in order to create a new one for my daughter, Ava. In this voyage, I met a lot of interesting characters and learned a lot of things that I wasn't able to include in my film. So I decided to have them in a podcast divided in series. In this series of I Bleed, I explore alternative ways to look at our menstruation and experience our cycle. In this episode, I sit with Dina Datashanji, a teacher, a poet, and a spiritual entrepreneur. We meet at night in my apartment in Dubai, where she talks to me about the idea of reconceptualizing the body, mainly in regards to periods beyond the patriarchal male lens, and the importance of doing so for our young girls so they can tap into their authentic feminine power. I'm a teacher. I teach children at the moment, and I also work with girls and women um, in reclaiming and reconceptualizing our our own feminine power, and that often also leads us into journeys around menstruation and our our menstrual cycle. And then I actually began my teaching career teaching grade five, which is usually the age around which girls embark on their journeys into womanhood. And I noticed working in Dubai um, in schools that there was really nothing for girls, um, especially because girls begin earlier usually than boys um, on the physical changes in their bodies. And I noticed that there was really nothing provided for girls to support them on their way as to, to understand, you know, what's going on in their bodies, what um, what are the changes. And, and as a result, what I noticed within my own classroom and the classrooms of other grade five teachers who I knew is that girls... Um, start to build their own understanding and, and start to kind of take what little information is available to them and piece it together into this mosaic of, it's like a Picasso painting. It's like everything's like all, all over the place, you know, it's not, it's not accurate. Um, it certainly is not empowering or supporting of their own self-confidence and body image. Um, and what ends up happening, what I, what I notice ends up happening is that girls take information from the media predominantly, from the internet, and from what their friends say, you know, from what their peers are saying and talking about, which we don't even know where that even comes from, you know. Um, and that's how they create their concept and understanding of what's going on with their bodies at such a delicate age, because there's no education really provided for them, you know. And um, in schools today um, in Dubai, there are... Um, there are some schools that do some education around this, but it's a very sensitive topic. You know, it's a, it's a topic that's considered culturally sensitive and culturally taboo. It's a topic that um, a lot of schools don't really know how to really address. You know, there are some schools that have programs, but the majority of schools um, handle this topic from a medical perspective. So they'll have a nurse come in and talk to the children or, you know, if you're lucky, you'll get a, a guidance counselor coming in and, you know, the girls and the boys go separately and then the girls are given this kind of education and it's usually one session or maybe two sessions. And it's usually, you know, girls sitting, listening to, you know, an adult t tell them what what's going to happen with some diagrams, with the biology shown potentially. And then they're shown some pads, you know, and one thing that I've heard first from schools, a lot of schools these days is that, um, 
pad companies like Always Pads, you know, will send in a nurse or a doctor or somebody um, from their from their team, you know, to give girls a talk for one one session, one lesson, you know, 45 minutes or maybe two lessons and then distribute a bunch of pads and, you know, then it's all done and dusted. They know about it and goodbye, you know, so it's it's not any it's not a conversation it's not a forum for girls to explore to inquire to understand what's really even going on um there's certainly no um there's no emotional connection to the sensitivities at this time you know like when i was teaching grade five girls i noticed that a lot of bullying happened because some girls were either developing very fast or they were, other girls were not developing fast enough. You know, they were, they're, you know they're, there's this kind of thing where either you're an early bloomer or you're a late bloomer. And so there's exclusion. There's, um, you know, a lot of uh, stigmatization around that, you know, like, oh, your body didn't change fast enough or, oh, your body changes, like, wait, you're weird and all, you know, that happened to me when I was young. My body was the first to change from all of my group of friends. And I, um, I just thought I was a hideous, creature you know I was like what is wrong with me all my friends have these little small girl bodies you know like young girl bodies and I have this voluptuous body with curves and I'm I have breasts coming and and body hair and I what's going on and I mean I knew what was going on on a on a level I knew I'm I'm you know I've started puberty I'm becoming a woman but I didn't really know anything else beyond that and I certainly has imprinted on me and my self-confidence and my self-esteem, my body image, you know, my feeling that I am, you know, ugly or fat or hairy or all these things that I've believed for so many years when I was young, you know, and, um, and it's, it's really from this experience of, of growing up a little bit earlier than all my peers, you know, who later reached that kind of eventually. So I think having a space, I, I, as an educator who really wants to support, you know, the whole child's development and the, the development of not only their mental faculties but also their emotional faculties and their social faculties and their ability to relate with themselves and and express themselves authentically. Um, I, I actually started to develop a program to teach girls about their journey into womanhood and um, I, I worked with a friend of mine Vanessa and we created a program called Girl Talk which supported girls in understanding menstruation from a holistic lens so not only a clinical biological lens which is what you get you know in a science book or from a doctor or a nurse giving the talk to girls but from a social and emotional perspective to really understand and navigate the emotions that come with that time the questions that come with that time to give girls vocabulary to talk about their bodies you know because if we don't have the words to talk about our breasts then if something is not right or if something pains or something feels wrong or if something if they have any questions any questions doesn't have to be a problem they can't even ask because they don't know you know it's like a hoo-ha and a private part and a, you know like if if you don't even have a word for to talk about something it's certainly it's not going to make it comfortable to talk about you know so it's really beginning with the basics of giving girls that the vocabulary um, to talk about their bodies and, and talk about their body parts to create a space that is safe where they can ask questions without feeling embarrassed or humiliated or ashamed of themselves um, to to have a space where girls can explore and understand their changing bodies in a positive way you know not that it's something disgusting or scary 
And also not that it's something like hypersexualized, because in our society that we live in, women's bodies are hypersexualized. You know, they are objectified, they are sexualized. And so you have girls who are super introverted and, and closed off and covering and, and, and very conservative and very shy and ashamed of their bodies. Or you have girls who are, you know, following kind of mainstream society of, you know, what's in the media, what's in the music videos, and they're flaunting it and they're showing it and they're exposing it. But both of those extremes are, um, both of those are extremes and both of those are very disempowering extremes and nowhere in there is any resource for a girl to actually tap into her authentic feminine power to explore her, what feels comfortable for her to wear. Um, what, how does she actually want to express herself? Um, you know, how, how is she building and cultivating a relationship with her body? Um, and, and particularly with regards to menstruation, you know, making decisions around menstruation, like, um, girls, you know, questions around like, you know, should we use pads? Should we use tampons? Um, what pads are good for you? Because, you know, so many pads have so many toxic chemicals, you know, there is, there are, Pads are, um, menstrual products are one of the few beauty products which are not required to have the ingredients listed on them. So if you have shampoo or deodorant, you will see the list of ingredients that of the chemicals that go into that shampoo or that deodorant. But if you pick up a box of pads, there are no ingredients listed on that. So you have no idea what the hell you are putting in the most personal and private space and in the most sensitive space from which birth happens and from which, you know, it's such, such a, such an intimate space, such a sensitive space. And, um, you know, I've, I've read now a lot about this obviously, and there are radon is used in a lot of, um, pads and tampons and radon is a chemical that they also put in bug spray, you know, I mean, that's what we're actually putting in this most intimate part of our bodies. And, Anyways, so so it's it's a it's a huge it's a huge area, and um, so what what I also share with girls is how to you know giving them information about using organic pads, using cloth pads, reusable pads, which you can actually wash, which you can actually put in the laundry like your underwear and reuse, you know, which are better for the environment, which are better for their bodies, and um, and actually help and support them to build a relationship with this part of their bodies in this time of the month and and, and their cycle. Um, rather than what a tampon would do would be something to, you know, suffocate the bleeding process, to hide the bleeding process, to make it minimal and small and, and as, as, as possibly disconnected as it can be. You know, you just put something in, you pull it out, you throw it away. You never, you know, you'd flush it on the toilet. You don't even have to throw it in the bin. You never have to see it again. So it's a, it's a real, um, it's a reconceptualization of menstruation and off body in relation to the to menstrual cycle and it's providing girls with resources with information and with the most important thing is a safe space to actually explore this in a way that empowers them that gives them information and knowledge that is that that supports the development of their confidence because women in our society women's worth and women's value is very much still interconnected to their physical body. You know, a woman's beauty, a woman's physical body and physical appearance determines a lot of her worth and value in today's society. 
Whereas with men, it has a lot to do with what they can do, you know, like their status or their ability to acquire wealth or their, their intelligence, you know, it's like, what can you do? But for women, it's who you are. It's what you look like. So for girls, um, it, it's very important that they be aware from a young age that this is, this is, this relationship is there, you know, between society's expectations of you and your worth and value and your body and giving them the tools to create an authentic sense of self-esteem and self-worth, you know, in relation to their body so that they feel, um, so that they feel that their skin is comfortable and that they can accept and, and love and learn to nurture their bodies and not, you know, I mean, if you just think about the statistics of, of, you know, eating disorders in today's society, if you think about how many girls in schools diet and, and have concerns about their weight and the ages, you know, like the, like the, the, the recent article that I read said that as early as five years old, girls start talking about their weight, you know, like a five-year-old is, is concerned about that she's fat, you know? So it's just, it's, it's, it's so interconnected, you know, our menstrual cycle is so interconnected to body and body changes and, and self-esteem and self-worth and self-value. And if you look at the long-term effects of that, you know, girls, because they, they don't have a healthy relationship with their body and with their menstrual cycle, um, often what ends up happening is that they, we, because myself is included in this, you know, from my own personal journey, we make a lot of stupid decisions with our bodies when we're young, you know, a lot of unsafe decisions, a lot of unhealthy decisions. Um, so the way that society conceptualizes menstruation and our periods is that it, society seeks to minimize menstruation that, that we don't, they don't want to, we, we don't want to hear about it. We don't want to see it. We don't want to know it exists. And so it's like out of sight, out of mind. And in order to do that, society has over hundreds of years conditioned all of us, men and women included, to believe that our menstrual cycle is, is shameful. It, you know, blood is disgusting. It is um, dirty. It is something that you don't want to be, you know, you don't want to, if God forbid, if some like blood leaks and you see it on your skirt or on a chair or, you know, or God forbid, like you say something like I have my period or I'm feeling certain way because of that, you know, you just don't talk about it. You don't want to be, it doesn't want to be seen, you know, to the, to the level where you actually, um, you know, even, even on an always commercial, you know, where you see the pads in those commercials on TV and you see like the blood is actually a blue liquid, you know, you can't even see a red liquid in the commercial for the product that's meant to be used for the blood, you know, so it's so completely disconnected, you know, and it's, um, it's something, it's really this out of sight, out of mind, you know, concept. And that is very true because when it is, when this is the conditioning that we as women receive out of sight, out of mind, we internalize that, you know, and girls, especially young girls and women, you know, we internalize that this is something disgusting and dirty and it's not to be seen. We don't want to deal with it, you know, and if you think about it, menstrual blood is, is one of the most natural, it's, it's, it's a natural process and it's the, one of the most fundamental natural processes, you know, from our menstrual cycle comes birth, comes creation, comes children, you know, we have all come from this, this blood, you know, and, um, 
the way that society has has created it is it's, it's completely erasing it erasing it's erasing it erasing its importance erasing its power and more so than erasing it it has associated it with completely negative connotation but can i ask you why because like i feel even in religion you know yeah. like if you look at yeah. islam or yeah. i know christianity, i know yeah like so i would i would argue i i i personally through my own research of reading a lot of books that have been written as as menstruation positive period positive books um you know that have women who have done research on and and rewritten you know uh, the histories around uh archaeological findings of you know women's statues and things from ancient times from this is thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago you know where um one one woman uh, Vicky Noble she's researched um archaeological findings of ancient civilizations like in ancient Korea in South America in, in ancient times and she actually found that um you know the the statues and the figurines that of women have been very they've been misinterpreted by by scientists and by archaeologists who are mainly male you know who have who have interpreted them as as being you know dancers or you know sexual kind of uh where actually there are women birthing and there are women bleeding into the earth or there are women um doing some kind of um movements for their womb you know and so it's it's really it's understanding that the lens through which we have received our knowledge over thousands of years has been a patriarchal lens it's been a male lens you know and um unfortunately the the religions that you know even the religions that of people that you will interview they are religions that have you know that uphold men above women you know in a very simplistic terms whether that is um you know a lot of the religions with, with that believe in one god even religions that believe in many gods you know yes they might have gods and goddesses but still the male gods are you know considered to be more important or more valuable or more powerful or whatever it is but i want i wonder if because maybe i, I don't know i'm just thinking yeah. now out loud everything but maybe because there was a realization at one point back in the days that like period had some kind of power power yes Absolutely. And thus gave women some kind of Absolutely. upper power and yes. it was like yeah. and thus mm-hmm. I mean because like you you do see pictures of warriors yeah. bleeding yeah. and like you know Saint George for yeah. example Saint George and the horse killing the dragon yeah. with the so yeah. blood is not yeah. a problem no. although we always the association that we make is like it's gross. Periods yeah. are yet yeah. mainly because of blood. Yeah. No, so so with that, yeah, I I know what you're getting at. So, um definitely. I mean, if you think about just blood, if you if you if you don't think about menstrual blood, but you think about blood in general, blood is a very acceptable visual thing to see on on TV, in the newspapers, you know, whether that's reporting from wars, whether that's violent movies and guns and people killing each other, even in children's movies, you know. Um blood is not something that is stigmatized. It's menstrual blood. Menstrual blood is what is dirty and disgusting and ashamed and to be hidden away and you know instead of having the 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 pad with red blood you have the pad with blue goopy substance you know to show how absorbent the pad is you know and it's it has it's not it's not about the blood it's about the menstrual blood. And I I I think and I I believe from my own research and from my own discovery of my body and my own menstrual cycle and how i feel and really tuning into what my body needs at different times of the month 
I've come to believe that our menstrual blood is immensely powerful. It has a lot of power. It has, I mean, scientifically now, menstrual blood is being used as, you know, the stem cells are being used to, um, for nourishment, for, for research, to, to replicate, you know, organs and all kinds of stuff. And, and it's, it's an incredibly nutritious blood, you know, I mean, that, that blood is, the menstrual blood comes from the lining, which actually, um, it, 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 it gives nourishment to the whole, the, the, the baby, the infant, the fetus, when it's in the womb, you know, it's full of nutrients. It's, it has potassium, magnesium, iron, like calcium, like so many nutrients. And, um, you know, now there's also like a movement where women actually, um, offer their menstrual blood to plants. They actually use it as fertilizer for plants because it actually has a lot of nutrients, you know? So just on a physical level, the blood itself is actually quite useful and it, it, useful in science and also useful for just generally gardening and life and, and, and it's fertile value. Um, on an energetic and spiritual level, our menstru my menstrual blood, when I connect with it, when I really sit into what my body is doing at this time, it is releasing, it is letting go, it is shedding something. It has, it has spent all month building something and it is releasing it. And it's teaching me, it's teaching me how to surrender, how to let go, how to release, um, how not to stay attached to things. You know, it's, it's helping me to shed what I don't need in my life anymore. The, the, the habits, the behaviors, the people, the patterns, the places that I don't need. It's helping me shed it with this energy of physical release, physical let go, physical flow, you know, which is inhibited if I stick a tampon up there, which is inhibited if I believe it's dirty and disgusting, which is this, this, this connection um, with nature's cycle of rejuvenation is, is lost when I, when I, um, am not able to connect with that. And finally, for me, the most recent discoveries that I've made in the last few years are the, the immense connection that my menstrual cycle has to the earth and to the cosmos. If you look at the moon and you look at the, the cycles of the moon, they are connected to the cycles of a woman in her body and in her life. Um, in ancient times, all women, and I'm talking ancient, ancient times, before electricity, before, you know, cities, women's periods all arrived at the new moon, at, on the dark moon, it's called the dark moon or the new moon. Um, and women actually were, were gathered together in, in huge areas within the center of their settlements or their, their villages, uh, usually in a red tent. It was called a red tent. At, well, it, I mean, it was probably called something else in their languages. But in, and this is a, a, something that is found in many. So again, with the ancient civilizations and in the research that women have done, um, women used to gather together and they used to bleed into the earth at the same time aligned with the moon okay now if you think about that if you think about what that means that the fact that the moon is affecting our bodies you know this is a, it's it's an incredible power it's an incredible connection it's such a sacred connection and it's um and this to me is is we have we have we have forgotten we have forgotten as women we have forgotten we have been told lies and you know these we've been told stories that are just not true you know about our period 
Our blood is powerful. It is incredibly healing. It is sacred. It is. It is. It has the power of the cosmos. It has the power of the earth. It has the power of creation within it. You know, and if this is the story that you start to teach your daughter, and I start to teach my daughter, and we start to tell our daughters, we are going to create a new world together. Because a woman, a girl, is going to realize that this is a celebration of her connection to the earth to the moon, to other women. You know, women, imagine in ancient times, women used to bleed at the same time, all at the same time, you know, like this is, and, and even even when you're with women for long enough, our cycles start to sink, you know, they start to get in sync. And it's, it's something that is, um, it's something that walks the line between, you know, biology and science on one hand and the esoteric and the sacred on the other hand. And we women, are able to walk that line, you know, and men are not really able to walk that line because they're not given this, 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 this reminder, this monthly reminder. Now, I believe also that men have their own cycles, their own rhythms, their own hormonal, um, you know, movements. And, and as we women start to sit into our cycles and reclaim menstruation for the power that it has, I, I pray and I hope that men are invited to do the same thing, to sit into their own divine masculine powers, you know, their own authentic masculine power, you know, not the power of a man that is told to us by society, but actually within himself, the power that he has, you know, as a man. Um, and that's how we start to heal ourselves and we start to heal each other and we start to heal our earth and we start to change the ways that we operate on the earth, you know, because when I, when I honor this cycle and this, these phases of the cycle, I, I realize that there is a rhythm, you know, there's a rhythm. Like I've, I, my cycle syncs with the new moon and I, I, I am in sync with the cycles of the planets and I, I feel my connection and my power. It's just so much bigger than me, myself, in this physical body. You know, I feel supported throughout the month. I feel aligned. I feel in flow. Um, you know, when, I, when I'm coming into my menstrual, um, like just before you actually bleed, um, your hormones start to shift to prepare for menstruation. And um, what happens is you actually you become quite analytical and you become, you come into a space where you start to, women often have this urge to start to tidy things and organize things and sort things. And if I, if I know that, that that's a tendency and I, and I start to do it, I actually honor and I work with my hormones and I work with my mental and physiological changes. And I work with the kind of spiritual changes that are happening around me. And I'm just so much more supported, you know, when I, um, my analytical skills are really sharp. I'm able to communicate with people and tell them exactly what I need and what I think, you know, I'm able to make amends with people or, or set boundaries with people at that time. It's, it's incredible. So once, when we have the knowledge of what this means, of what menstruation really means and how it can affect our lives and how it can affect the world, we have power. Knowledge is power, you know, and unfortunately the way that society is structured is set up to disempower women it's to keep us small it's to keep us quiet it's to make us take as less least like the, the minimum amount of space as possible and all the while telling us that we have to look this way act this way speak this way you know be this way 
and it, 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 it's it's um, our system is invested in keeping us powerless and silent because that's the only way we would consume all the crap and all the products that we are told that we need. It's the only way, you know, we're so busy thinking about how fat we are, how ugly we are, how you know, not enough we are, whether it's not thin enough or not curvy enough, whether it's not tall enough or short enough, whether it's, you know, um, not loud enough or too loud, or whether it's that you, you know, you're shy or you're outspoken or whether it's like, oh, you don't, you, you, you know, it, like there's never, it's never enough. It's never enough. And we're so preoccupied by trying to fit into this mold that society has created for us. And that, that we just, we're, we're lost, you know, we're lost. Our, we have lost our power as women. Mm -hmm. This world would not be in the situation that it is in if women were in their power. We, have, we, are, we are responsible. We are very responsible for the state of affairs of this world, of the planet, of the political systems. We have been silent for too long, women. We have been, we have allowed our fathers and our husbands and our partners to to completely go berserk with power and in, in a way that has is not in alignment with even the survival of the human species. You know, we are we are exterminating ourselves as a species. Um, we're I mean, this is it's completely against even evolution. You know, if you think about a species and even if you go with survival of the fittest and a species would not do anything that actually eradicates its its own kind, you know, really it wouldn't if it was to survive, but we are doing that, you know, and it's, it's, we're, we're, we are quite ill, I would say, as a society. And I think that that is very much related, very much related to the fact that women are so disconnected from our cycles, from our bodies, from the natural rhythms that have brought us all here. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to tune in next week to listen to another interview with another expert. If you are a menstruator and would like to share your first period story with us, or if you want to check out other first period stories, the trailer of my personal documentary, and a cool period art project I'm working on, please visit my website on ibleed.com. That's i-bleed.com. Thanks for listening.